Know the Source on One Radio Network. Well, very pleasant. Uh, good morning to you. How you doing? How, how's everybody doing? It's the 26th of uh, June, 2023. We're broadcasting live from our palatial studios in Dripping Springs, Texas, where it's been literally over 100 degrees for the last 10 days or so. Yeah, it's been, it's a good one. Yeah, it's good. But we've actually got some rain, which is a nice thing. So our phone lines are open again. God bless the phone company, 888-663-6386. It's the fourth Monday of the month. That brings us to one of our faves, Dr. Excuse me, got all choked up there over Dr. Jennifer Daniels in Panama. Um, and you'll meet her in just a sec. She's ready to go. Amanda Vollmer is going to be here tomorrow. She's a handful. She's great. She's a no-virus gal and uh, into all kinds of cool things. She does a lot of work with DMSO. We'll talk about that and see what she's up to. That's tomorrow. Gerald Pollack. Do you know Gerald Pollack? Fourth phase of water guy. Really interesting fellow. It's been years since we've talked to him. And then on Wednesday, Dr. Thomas Seafried, S-E-Y-F-R-I-E-D. He probably, in my opinion, no, nobody listens to me, one of the foremost authorities on the cures, the cause, and whatever's going on with this thing called cancer. He uses only private money, so he does not have any big pharma telling him. And the last time he was on, it just blew my mind how much difference his research and his people from around the world are working on this thing and what you're being told out there in the medical model. Yeah, I wasn't too shocked, but very interesting. So we've invited him back. I have lots more questions about this thing called cancer. I think it's worth a couple trillion dollars, so it's, so at least we should probably, probably look at it. <laughs> in the great state of Panama, way down south. Hi there, Dr. Jennifer Daniels. Hello. Hello. You look great. Thank you. You look. You got, you got a little oil in your chest here. Do you oiled up your chest for the show? Yeah, yeah. That's why I keep my skin nice and smooth. It's like you have a fancy leather jacket. You got to oil it down from time to time. And what kind of oil do you use on your body? I use castor oil. Castor That's my oil. favorite. Yeah, all over, all over. Head to toe. Yeah. How often? Uh, as often as I can get around to it. Usually it ends up being about mm, two to three times a week. But if I could, I would do it every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you look great. Whatever you're eating uh, obviously agrees with you. We have a lot of new Thank people. You. Tell folks uh, what kind of, what your diet is like just for fun. Because we get new people all the time. Say, what does this girl eat? So I rotate things in and out. Mm-hmm. So uh, lately... I guess it'd be the last month or so. I've had, been having some teeth problems. Oh. So I've upped by collard greens and ham hocks. And I'm very sure to eat the broth. And then I alternate um, collard green, ham hock, and salad day with a raw egg, bee pollen, flaxseed, ginseng, and shilajit day. I blend all that together in a blender, oh. break it down, and I have energy and I am satisfied all day long. It's oh. very nice. Well. Oh. So you uh, repeat that it's it's a, a raw egg, ginseng, four flax. What else? Four raw eggs. Four raw eggs. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that's how many I do at a time. Four or five, and boy, that holds you for a while, doesn't it? 
a whole day. Yeah. Yeah. For me. Yeah, me too. So for those, I put a banana in for flavor. It's just I don't think it I could drink it down without the banana. So mm-hmm. I throw the banana in for flavor. I live in the tropics where they grow anyway, so it works out. And then uh flaxseed, uh ginseng, and shilajit. Wow. And what form of ginseng do you put in there? A powder or liquid? I use the powder. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's ginseng root ground up into a powder and dry. So mm-hmm. I use that powder. And that dose is about eighth of a teaspoon a day. And that nice little eighth of a teaspoon scoop there that comes with it. And you scoop that. And you're still uh, favorable to, what did you tell us? And in the, in the Sheila Jitta, it's a Russian guy, Russian thing? Yeah. Siberian ginseng. And this, is that the gooey black stuff that you, is that how it comes? It's gooey in the tropics. And it appears to be hardened plastic in the north. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've had my share. <laughs> It's kind of depends on your to, ambient temperature. It's kind of. I, I suspect you could you could just warm it a bit and maybe dehydrate her below one hundred degrees and be okay. I don't know. Uh, you could do that. It would take a long time. Mm-hmm. Probably what I used to do when I lived in the cold mountains is I just put a little layer of water over the top and let it set there and rinse it out after an hour or so, and then I would get enough shilajit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you mentioned it. Quite a few people that we've talked to, you know, a lot of the carnivore dudes and keto people, they really mm-hmm. say that the the raw eggs are the best way to do them. So it must. Is, I agree. Is, is I that totally true? agree. Really? Yes. Huh. I've been eating. I started eating raw eggs when I was eighteen. I got this job selling books door to door for eighty hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> eighty hours a week. Oh my and god! I needed serious energy, and so I would eat two raw eggs, a spoonful of sugar, and a piece of bologna. Uh, that was it for the day. And I ran 14 hours on that without uh, fatigue. So I ate two raw eggs every single day for about 100 days. Really? Did not get salmonella, and I ate the eggs right out the store. Now I eat eggs, you know, they're uh, called patio eggs, so they're from somebody's backyard. And so I ate four of those a day raw, not a problem. Four a day, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. So this would be almost like a, so if you would eat it in the morning, do you do the morning, then you go all day without eating again? When I can get around to it, I'll eat it in the morning, but sometimes I don't get around to it till one o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then would you eat again before bed after that, or are you going to be good? Yeah. Oh, that's the whole day. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm the same way. It's, it's interesting. Four eggs, quarter cup of flaxseed, a whole banana. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, I did about six eggs and a banana and... Some uh, little bit of cream uh, the other day in the morning. Oh my God, I wasn't hungry for 24 hours. You know, it's like exactly. I, I really yeah. wasn't. Very I just satisfied. wasn't hungry. Yeah, you're not hungry. You have full energy, and then you don't even have any problem controlling your weight. Like a lot of people who are overweight say, "Oh, I have emotional eating. Oh, wait, what? I'm nervous. No, you don't. You're malnourished. <laughs> <laughs> if you increase the nutritional content of your food, first of all, you wouldn't have the anxiety. You wouldn't have the feeling of stress. You'd be more in control. So try to up your game and eat a high nutritional content food. You know, try uh, that raw egg uh, drink I just described and see if you don't feel satisfied the whole day. Obviously, throw some water in there. You know, drink water throughout the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something that happens when you cook the eggs, I've heard or read, with the whites or gets a little funny. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And the nutritional value, the energy boost that you get, uh, it's much greater with the raw eggs. Mm-hmm. And you call Again, them- one more time, when 
the CDC, FDA has warned us against eating something that is phenomenally <laughs> helpful. You can almost just take all of your dietary advice, do the opposite, and you'll feel great. <laughs> just flip it over, right? Just flip it over. <laughs> Anything you warn your guests, you know, cow brain, uh, raw eggs, go for it. <laughs> Wasn't that funny, boy? When things are raw, that kind of just pushes their button, doesn't it? It, it really pushes. I don't know about things being raw. I'm just talking about raw eggs. Yeah. I'm not going overboard. We won't be eating raw brain. I cook my brain. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> do that raw brain. I told you, I, I had it years ago, and they used to have, my mom would cook it every now and then with eggs, you know, scrambled eggs. Exactly, that was bread. the old way to cook it, yeah. And man, you did a little bit of that. It's like you're talking about, it's really fatty, isn't it? Is that what it is? It's the fat or what? It's not fatty. It's all cholesterol. <laughs> it's pure cholesterol, Yes, pure cholesterol. And so it's this funny kind of consistency, almost like um, wire insulation. You know, it's it's impervious to water and it's all these incredible properties. Like, you know, it's not really fat. It's not this, it's not that. So it's actually cholesterol. So it's a precursor to all the major mm. hormones in your body, your energy hormones, your sex hormones, all of these horm hormones, uh, cholesterol is a precursor mm. to. So you get a big cholesterol uh, boost, like with brain uh, even with the eggs, four eggs, then your whole energy system is upgraded for the next 24 hours. So I'll do those four eggs about every other day. Mm -hmm. And then I get the ham hocks and collard greens in between. Yeah. So the collards uh, helped you in the ham hocks with your teeth? They were just getting... Yeah, with the bone, right. So I was having pain. In oh. fact, I did x-rays or something. I had an abscess. Like, ah! <laughs> I didn't say on ah, abscess. They said... Ah! Oh, they said, yeah. yeah let, let's calm ourselves down. What are we talking what are we, about? What so are we talking about? That is a serious abscess. This is this this infection could spread to my whole body, kill me. It's okay, so we're sitting here talking, and uh, I'm not in danger, but I get I get your drift. So I was having problems with jujitsu in terms of my energy level. I would be fine, 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 then no energy. <laughs> so once I understood that these abscesses were there, and I. Uh, herbally took care of them, I cut out the slime leaf, the inner slime of a, of a leaf, and just laid it in the gutter between my cheek and my jaw on oh. both sides. Wow. And tenderness gone, pain gone, swelling gone, everything gone, and my teeth now feel nice and firm like when I was 10 years old. Interesting. Yeah. So this was a, some kind of a whatever was going on, and it was just the aloe leaf, the magic of the aloe did it? Right. The yellow is a wonderful antibiotic, plus it's gentle. Mm. So I used to recommend um, clove oil, which is which is a very effective, but it's harsh. It's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. whereas aloe, there's no pain. Uh, you know, of course, there's a little bit of the bitterness. Just spit that out. And um, you can just leave it in place, and I just go to sleep overnight, and it uh, gets rid of it. So what happened? When I got rid of that, all these little pains that seemed to be showing up here and there around my body, all that stopped. I was getting intermittent pain in my upper jaw, that stopped. The energy problems, that stopped. I'm like, wow. Wow. So, but you had mentioned antibiotic, but you're not a germ girl, so you don't really need an anti antibiotic, do we? Um, we do not need what is commercially produced and sold as antibiotics. They are 100% ineffective. So I, I don't know if that answers your question. The other question is, do we, can you ever have a site of, in this case, dead tissue, mm. where your friendly bacteria 
are eating up this dead tissue mm. and the doctors will tell you you have an infection yes. and they'll give you a chemical to kill your good bacteria. They're trying to help you clear the dead material. Instead, what you need to do is put something down there like an aloe leaf that will rejuvenate and heal the tissue so there's not dead tissue that your uh, good bacteria have to eat for you. Excellent. Good job. Yeah, so, so, so you're not stopping the healing. The right. You're not stopping a healing process. You're, you're helping the healing process with the aloe. Accelerating the healing. And then the good bacteria don't have all that dead tissue to um, eat. Yes. Digest for you. Because the aloe leaf is sucking out all the uh, necrotic material and toxins and everything from the area. So now your good bacteria can either go home or they can repurpose themselves and be part of the healing process. That's wonderful. Instead of the cleanup process, because yeah. the aloe leaf. That's wonderful. Yeah, the germ thing is tough. I mean, our first question here is about germs this morning. And um, we, we Perish know, the thought. Perish yeah. the thought. So what they're calling germs are essentially your good bacteria. If you look at the healthy <clears throat> microbiome of a healthy person, mm -hmm. You will find in it every single one of these germs that they're trying to protect you from. Staph, it's in there. It's in there. Strep, it's in there. So uh, what's really going on when the doctor says, you've got an infection, is you have a situation in your body where the good bacteria have been called to help out with the cleanup. And they've just given them a nasty name and vilified them? Yeah, so they can convince you to actually harm yourself by taking the chemicals. Wow. Wow. A good friend of mine is a, my dentist, Stuart Nunley, a brilliant fellow. He did a peer-reviewed study, and they had about 24 root canals, and they did the whole thing, and they had to be picked out special, and he wanted to see what was in these guys, you know? And there's all kinds of stuff in there that you'd have to go to the jungles and boundary bounty you to catch. Now, where does this stuff come from? You know, I mean, all these different things. The answer things. is we already have it. It's already exactly. inside of us. yeah. And so this concept of tropical illnesses is, again, it's another um, boogeyman to instill fear in people. <gasps> the tropics, the jungle, get lost, dangerous. Oh, my God, take it out, do something, please help me. Oh, we're happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right there. We just watched a video from Dr. Mark and Sam Bailey in New Zealand. They're one of the no virus crew, really top drawer. They did a whole thing on this thing called Lyme. They broke it down with graphs and studies, and there's no. And such, they said it's the boogeyman. No, there's no such animal as limes. It exactly, just exactly. doesn't exist. What wow. has happened is what they're doing now with the COVID vaccines. All the vaccine, all the vaccines of youth, children with childhood vaccines have damaged the immune system and caused constellation of illnesses. And they're giving all these vaccine-induced illnesses slash malnutrition-induced illnesses as well names that compel you to seek the drugs that they sell. Or at least to stop taking the drugs that have caused the problem, for God's sake. So you're saying that these things that they give the kids, whether it be measles, mumps, whatever, rubella. Right, the whole shebang. They whole damage shebang. tissues and stuff and screw it up and cause a, uh, presents with Wait, some. Wait, they name it Lyme. Just, just skip oh, all the intermediate oh, they tests. Name, they, they name, name it Lyme. Lyme. Wow. So you don't stop. So we, so that way you won't stop vaccinating because now you haven't identified the true cause. How did you learn this? Uh, that they named it line. Where did you? How did you figure that out? 
back in 1979. Wow. 1979. I was sitting there at Harvard Medical School in a chair in a lecture room when the man himself gave the lecture about Lyme. And he says, it's a Lyme epidemic. It's sweeping the nation. Now, that was 1979. And of course, the lecture was so boring. I did fall asleep, but I caught most of it. Uh, tick-borne disease, blah, blah, blah. Oh. But if you look at where where do people have Lyme and where are the ticks, there's no overlap. So geographically, the presence of ticks does not correlate with the presence of Lyme. Yeah. So that's one big clue. Um, and Lyme disease back in, in that time, in the, in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, was a disease of middle-class uh, people. And the kids were three to five years old at onset. Mm -hmm. Why would a tick only affect three to five-year-olds? Why wouldn't it hit the two-year-olds? What about those eight-year-olds? Right? And so first they diagnosed as juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. It was a pandemic of juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. But the parents were not believing that. They're like, it's bullshit. <laughs> because you're talking, these were not just middle-class parents. These were upper-middle-class parents, right? Mm -hmm. Dad's a lawyer, uh, you know, mom's a real estate salesperson, something like that. Or even better, dad's a, uh, a banker and mom is a stay-at-home mom. And we, you got good genes. I got good genes. We've had these perfect kids. What do you mean they have juvenile rheumatoid arthritis? I mean, they weren't going for that. <laughs> so they said, okay, we got to pull another rabbit out of our hat. And so then they christened Lyme disease, and I forget the name of the guy who supposedly they gave the author of it. But they, but literally, uh, the government put him on a tour, going around the United States, lecturing at uh, medical schools and anyone who would listen. Wow. And so these were women who were upper middle class, who were believers in the system, because it had been very good to them, right? And they were getting their kids vaccinated, and their kids were getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And... Um, that's what happens. They tried out the Lyme disease and the parents were like, okay, great. We can latch on to this Lyme disease, Lyme disease. It's those damn ticks. Oh my God. They put up screens. They did this. They did da, 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 defend against the tick. Meanwhile, in 1986, well, let's go to, let's go to medical school. It's medical school. I was in medical school in 1982. And that's when the autism monster reared his ugly head and the kids were mumbling, whispering. Well, you know, vaccines cause this, vaccines cause that. But autism was only one in 10,000 back then. But still, it was something that had never happened before. It was new. And so there's all these whispers that vaccines were causing this. I was like, you know what? I'm going to class. I'm sure it'll teach it to us. Of course, I didn't mention it. <laughs> I'm sure. So then, um, fast forward to the uh, wilderness. I worked for the Indian Health Service, National Health Service Corps. I worked where no one else, you couldn't even pay anyone to work there. So the government assigned me to work there to repay the government paying for part of my medical education. All right. So what's the importance of that? Well, Hayward, Wisconsin is tick capital. Tick, yeah. In fact, the tick Huge. is on their flag. They got nothing but deer and tick everywhere. everywhere. You walk 10 feet from your house and back, you got at least one tick bite. Mm -hmm. No line. No line. We didn't get line there until after we started vaccinating. You truly got the vaccination rate up to 95%, and then we started seeing yeah. the Lyme disease in the ticks. So, do you think these, do, you, do we know if these little buggies, mosquitoes, ticks, I don't know, fleas can actually impart something on our 
They cannot speak up for themselves. You know, I'm sure they would have a story to tell. They could say, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So is there any evidence that they do carry around a little something that will trying to kill you? Well, all of us are part of the biosphere. I have my good bacteria. I'm sure they have their good bacteria. Mm-hmm. But the problem uh, is that people are being vaccinated, and that's causing these illnesses. Mm. And Lyme disease was created to distract from that. That's very simple. That's that's long and short of it. We don't need to complicate it. The rights and thoughts and lifestyles of ticks and mosquitoes and fleas is irrelevant to the discussion. <laughs> they even vented a, a story about something escaping from a lab in Lyme, Connecticut. That's where the name came from. Oh, exactly. No, that's not how it happened. No? Oh, well, let's, let's go back in history. Let's okay. go back in okay. history. Really? Okay. I was there on the ground floor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened in Lyme, Connecticut? You need to know about Lyme, Connecticut. Is that's where the rich people live. So the rich men who earn millions on Wall Street in, in New York City fly by airplane. And they, their wives and kids live in Lyme, Connecticut. Oh. What happened in Lyme, Connecticut is all these rich ladies, young rich ladies, who had married the man of their dreams. They got the 10 out of 10 guy. And they were living this incredibly amazing, beautiful life. They were living in the wilderness with every convenience of modern whatever, right? So big money is no object. And, uh, but all of their kids, and they can bear notes, all their kids had this problem. Uh, pop, uh, aches and pains in all their joints, fevers that came and go, couldn't explain it. And so these mothers were all in Lyme, Connecticut. And that's why they named it. So these were the mothers of Lyme, Connecticut. And they were on the war path. They were determined because we know we're good people. We know we got good genes. We, we, we got all this money too. You tell me we got sick kids. Uh-uh. <laughs> we <laughs> you know, we got good genes. <laughs> <laughs> we paid for these genes. We paid for Exactly, them. exactly. And so, you know, and they had all this money, right? And their attitude was that money can solve the problem. It can solve most problems. We're going to get to the bottom of this. And they were on the war path. And with the amount of money that they had to spend, which was essentially unlimited, hmm. the government had to head them off so they wouldn't hire their own researchers. And... <laughs> Again, because of their high social status, they were trusting of the system that had been so good to them. And so the government basically tried it out an alternate theory to throw them off the path. It worked really well, and they called it Lyme. Uh, <laughs> That's what actually happened. So I was there on the ground floor when they tried out the whole Lyme thing. And, um, you know, I was, I was at Harvard at the time. I graduated from Harvard in 79. So it must be 1978 that I went to the lecture. Wow. So you were right there in the belly of the beast during the Lyme stuff, I was girl. in the belly of the beast. You were right there. I was in the belly of the beast. I was sitting there in that lecture room at uh, Harvard Medical School. Yeah, And then I went to an Ivy League. I didn't go to Harvard Medical School. I went to an Ivy League Medical School, University of Pennsylvania. Again, where the whole autism thing was dismissed and Lyme was not mentioned. Hush, hush. And then I ended up in the heart of Lyme country. Should be, right? Nothing but deer. Had people fly to Hayward, Wisconsin to hunt deer. Yeah. I mean, ticks everywhere. You could look at the grass and see the ticks all attached every blade of grass. I mean, they were thick. Wow. I walked out behind my house and I walked back in the house and there were ticks all over me, you know, all over, all over my you know, ankles and legs. I, did you made, just pull them out or did you do anything fancy to get them out? Like they say put a heat No, or, no, you just pull them out. Just pull, you just them, pull them out. If you wait too late, like two days, 
Now they've burrowed in, in right. halfway into this tent. So the tick is half out, half in. Then you have to come to the doctor. And all I do is get some pliers and pull them out. You could do it, could do it yourself at home, but whatever it makes money for doctors. So then I'm there. Uh, my stent is, is uh, I'm a year into my stent. And they sound the alarm bells, the CDC, FDA alarm bells about Lyme. And so now I'm supposed to, every tick I pull out, I'm supposed to put the person on tetracycline antibiotics. Oh, come on. Antibiotics. And everyone I see who has a rash is a circular bullseye rash. Yeah. Wow. It's Lyme until proven otherwise. Well, what's the proof? Well, we don't really have a test for it, but yeah, yeah, just go with it. <laughs> go with that. You'll, it'll, you'll, yeah, go with it. Go with it. Go with it. Wow. I got a quick little Lyme story. Uh, Tick story before we start taking some emails, Doc. Oh, four or five years ago, we were a lot of ticks, two dogs, you know, always picking them up, always picking them up here in exactly. Texas. Yeah, I mean, and then one, I, I ran into an old timer at the farmer's market and I was telling him, he said, he said, just, you have fire ants in your property? I said, no, I don't have any fire ants. He said, get some fire ants and you'll be good. Just get some, put them out there. So I went to my neighbor uh, about 10 miles away. He's got a lot of fire ants, trash bags, fire ants, put the dirt, fire ants. Three or four trash bags I spread all over my property, you know. Got 15 acres. I haven't seen a tick in years. <laughs> they eat them. They eat them for breakfast. Isn't that cool? Yeah. What do you think? The government would tell you that. No, no. They want to, you know, they sell you, going to radio commercial. You ever hear radio commercials for fire ants? Oh, my God. And like a nuclear weapon. Kill, kill fire ants. <laughs> yeah. They want you to spray poison all over your property. That's good, right? Yeah, kill you, right, because then you get cancer, and then, you know, they have another payday. Sure. Do you, before we break, though, i got to ask you, do you remember, was there a moment in mm-hmm. your expensive medical school <laughs> yeah. when you were sitting there, and you, a light bulb went off, and you said, you know what, something's wrong here. I don't know if this is going to be what I... Bullshit meter, yeah, bullshit yeah. meter, <laughs> Was there a moment, or was it? Do you, do you I called home. I said, "Mom, Mom, <laughs> said, this is a, it's a it's a fraud. It's a hoax that they're teaching us. How to kill them?" <laughs> said, Jennifer, calm down. I think you're reading too much into this. I presented her with all the words, all the words. She says, "I think you need time off." She and my father got together and hatched this plan to send me on an all-expense-paid vacation to the Caribbean with me and the person of my choice really? for a week just to help me calm down. <laughs> she didn't want you to quit. Right? She didn't want you to quit. All right, right. Wow. What? I could be the mother of a doctor. I'm not going to pass this up. <laughs> for you, a vacation. Take a break. <laughs> so I was so depressed. I didn't even, I, I invited my mother to come with me to be the second. Well, you'd have to be pretty depressed for that. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know your mom. I shouldn't say it. <laughs> oh, well, there's a mother. I could, I could have picked any classmate. Hey, you, come on, let's go. <laughs> a cute guy or something. Come on. I mean, what's up with that? Right? <laughs> That's not what happened. Wow. So you came back and you still went back to school because you thought. Well, by the time I came back, you know, I was not in that pressure chamber, right? So my stress level had, had yeah. gone down pretty well. So I was able to get through the rest. Plus, it's at that point, at the end of that year, that I went over to business school, which gave me another, another year, a whole year away from that pressure chamber hmm. of uh, ethical evil doing. <laughs> and then when I returned from business school, I was still going to business school uh, one or two half days a week. 
and going to medical school the rest of the time. So um, I never went right 100% back into medical school. And so I had, so medical school, it's so crazy. And the stuff they treat you, teach you is so obviously false. <laughs> that the only way to stick with it is to submerge yourself totally. And when you're totally submerged, it's almost like um, basic training in the Navy or something. Uh -huh. They literally crack you and break whoever you are to reform you into this mosaic of uh, a medical cyborg slash a little bit human. Mm -hmm. And so by having my brain partway in medical school and partway in business school, um, I didn't experience that cracking it, uh process because i saw that there was this whole world out there at least business school where nobody's going to medical school and doing perfectly fine thank you and so i didn't see this as my whole life my only thing it had to work i have to do this mm. i see and then how long after when you got out into the field with your little stethoscope before you figured that you had enough and you moved to panama how long was that um too long yeah. too long that was almost 20 years. 20 that was years. way too long. Wow. Right. So I went through, so you go to medical school. At the end of medical school, uh, your medical degree is about as useful as a, uh, you know, you go to McDonald's and flip burgers with that. So then you kind of do a one-year residency. And then, of course, after that, I had to pay back the government three years. And then after that, I, you know, I had always determined. And so I went back to my hometown, did two more years of residency to get board certified because it was a city. And you have to have more paper. And then um, I bought a city block, built a medical office building, and started practicing medicine. Wow. And during that time, were you able to do alternative stuff or was always the standard of care thing? Well, I did as I darn well please. I figured I bought the city block. I built the building. What the hell is going to tell me what to do? Oh, well, so, I was wrong. I was wrong. So that's why you got into trouble, because you just did what you wanted. Yeah, okay. I tell people, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. I'm just giving you one of many options. <laughs> Oh, it, that did not work. But you lasted 20 years. I mean, it's not like they just... No, 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 no. The 20 years, I'm counting the one-year residency, the okay. three years in the wilderness for the government, the two more years getting the certification, and then the 10 years of medical practice. Okay. So I'm adding in all, I'm including all of that. So I only lasted 10 years. So the, the practice was 10 years. The first year, it was, okay, standard of care. Wait a minute. A couple of deaths there let me review these charts and see who died what you know whatever so i did and the only people who died were people who followed directions to the letter had been to see the specialist had their care reviewed reviewed and optimized like oh my god i mean all those people who were disobedient non-compliant not one of them died not mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. and then i realized whoa that's bad and so uh the second year though i i said well let me just that might have been a fluke you know so second year I um, got the same same data. So at that point, I took uh, $90,000, $90,000, and just said, you know what? Paid off my mortgage for the medical practice. And then, um, actually, it was 160000 Yeah, 90000 here, 80000 170000 So I paid off that. And then I said, okay, fine. I had no financial skin in the game here and so then i said okay i'm giving everyone a choice do what you want this is a standard of care uh you can do that you can change your diet 
You can do absolutely nothing because I'm seeing that absolutely nothing works a lot better than the standard of care. <laughs> so I shared with them my data from my practice. And what happened, though, was the death rate went to zero. Just telling people, giving people permission to hmm. not comply. Just saying to them, you do not have to comply. So the death rate went, in my practice went to zero and stayed there. But then what happened was I started getting uh, harassed by drug reps. And that's when I realized the drug reps were actually my supervisors. The drug oh, reps actually supervised Because you didn't want to buy their drugs and they reported you. They reported me to a lot of places. <laughs> but not only that, but they were sent the drug reps to give me a talking to. Oh, really? And it, oh, yeah. And express their displeasure and tell me I better get back on a sit. Oh, good for them. Yeah. So the drug reps are actually, the doctors aren't aware of it, but the drug reps are actually their supervisors. Hmm. And so the drug reps come to your medical practice and they're all lottie down. They give you, you know, lunches and this and that, as long as you're prescribing the drugs. And so I started, I got some hostile visits from drug reps. And then, shock, the drug, drug rep visits stopped. No more drug rep visits. <gasps> I love this. This is so wonderful. And I didn't realize how much time was taken up with my front desk scheduling a drug rep, communicating to drug reps, whatever. Revenues went up, saw more patients. I thought, those drug reps and their free lunches were costing me a hell of a lot of money, thousands of dollars. Hmm. Most doctors don't do the calculations because so they don't realize it. And also, they try and kick the drug reps out. And as long as you're prescribing their drug, you cannot kick them out. Man, they're like... Uh, like a stalker, they just don't let go. Wow. So the doctors are trying that and it doesn't work. But if you stop prescribing the drugs, they evaporate. They don't, they don't uh, stick around. But then what happened was I, you know, other, well, I started getting involved in community issues and banking issues. And, you know, that's, that's the, that's the oh. third rail there. The banks. Oh. Yeah. You start messing with the banks and you got to go. <laughs> you got to go back. <laughs> don't mess with the money. You rascal you. Well, so then I got out of medicine. I, I thought I could make it in the United States as a, just a regular citizen. But they put me on two do not employ lists and the terrorist list. I'm like, wait a minute. I think that's an act of hostility. I don't think my government likes me. I think it's time for me to go. <laughs> I don't think I'm welcome here. <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't think the government likes me. <laughs> yeah, I think I better leave while I, I still can. Leave, well, I, yeah. well, I can get a passport and get on a plane. I think I better just go as in one way. Yeah. God, geez. what a story! What a great story, Dr. Jennifer Daniels, Patrick Timpone, One Radio Network dot com, and uh, yeah, if you'd like to join the show, is uh, our email, or you can call triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. This is a little product that I've been using for many years. And I love the way it feels on my toofies and makes them like pearly. Did you know the DNA of the pearl and we humanoids are very similar? Did you know that? The DNA that's responsible to create the pearl is very similar to how our human calcium metabolism is done. So it's very, very interesting. That's why the pearl is so good for our skins, for our bones, for even to rejuvenate our bone marrows rejuvenate our bones and uh, rejuvenate our skins uh-huh. and also nerve systems and you know, joints all kind of um, muscles and like eyesight our eyes is, is a big muscle basically and also our heart it's very good for the heart 
It's quite interesting that she mentioned the pearl works to build the bone marrow. And in Ayurveda medicine, they've often talked about the idea when you build the bone marrow is when you build beauty and longevity. Curious. Pearl, this is a great product. You can brush your teeth with it. And in my opinion, you'll see amazing results on your toothies. Really amazing. You can take it internally, mix it with face cream. Our link on One Radio Network goes to a two-pack where you get a great discount. But if you only want one to start, just click around and you get yourself one. Pearl Sim, click on the ad on front page, oneradionetwork.com. It really is a lovely product. I think you'll like it. And if you want to take it internally, it's just heavy on the calcium and lots of uh, proteins and, and other minerals. And it's from Pearl, so it's not from a lab. You know, it's from a real living source, which uh, Max Planck Institute and some other people have said for a long time, you don't want to take anything unless it's from a living source, living sauce. So it's, it's a great, uh, great, great product. Electromagnetic fields are challenging everywhere, depending on where you live. If you, if you can pick up your cell phone and use it in your bathroom or kitchen, then you've got some goobies coming in. I'm not suggesting that they're going to kill you or anything, but who knows uh, how these things affect us. But I think it's, it's reasonable to, to do everything you can to, to help with these electromagnetic fields. Certainly Wi-Fi as you get them and I have meters and I've gone to people's homes and they have a Wi-Fi and it's like the it's like crazy high and not good. But you can get a little um, uh, um, technology called Blue Shield. It's out of Australia, EMF protection device. And it works on the cells in the body and it, it generates a, a signal about every 45 seconds. If it wouldn't do that, your body would get used to it and just say, no, never mind, I know what you are. And it works to help the cells and everything that the EMS affect are stronger. So it just builds whatever it is that helps us protect naturally, naturally from electromagnetic fields. So it's been around about 25 years. Lots of double-blind studies with animals and stuff. So it's not like they heard a commercial and the chickens just laid more eggs because they believed in it. You know, it doesn't work like that. So it's a great product. If you'd like to get some for your home, um, you can just get one unit, goes out maybe about uh, 1,000 feet or so. The newer, newer ones go further, and you're just covered. And then you'll be able to just uh, hang out. And So it's, it's, a, it's a nice thing. It's a beautiful thing to do. Uh, Blue Shield on OneRadioNetwork.com. And your emails and questions coming up. Years ago, I recall David Wolf suggesting that all foods, superfoods, actually just gives our body information and this came out the last time we talked with Daniel Vitalis about colostrum. I imagine people being born with an unformatted immune system. And colostrum helps to format that, helps your body recognize viral and bacterial invaders early. And it also helps to restore and heal the lining of the gut that's damaged in so many people and one of the sources of inflammation and low immunity. So it restores that gut lining at the same time that it educates the immune system on how to better fight off pathogens that get into our bodies. And it's pretty cool too, I think, because moms can put it in the smoothies quite easily for the kids. And it's yummy, and they get some good stuff. 
yeah, it's really great to blend into smoothies. Uh, you can make chocolates with it. You can put it into anything that you're cooking. And so it's easy to get into your kids and into other family members. It tastes great. And it's actually very versatile in the kitchen. So you can use it in place of a lot of other products. Yes, and it's very tasty and fun and easy to use. Sometimes just late at night, you can take warm water with colostrum in there before bed. And hmm, it's a great product, a lot of benefits. Click on any survival link Colostrum, OneRadioNetwork.com. Know the source on One Radio Network. It's kind of funny hearing uh, that commercial, which is probably 10 years old. I have a different little view on, on and the immune system and pathogens is a, as today than we did you know, back then. But still, it is a great product. Uh, good fats, uh, a lot of... Uh, um, growth factors and stuff like that. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't take it. Well, Dr. D, what do you think? Baby, you want to get to the emails? We got lots. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Why not? Why not? Um, oh, here you go. Nicole from London. She wants to know the best way to treat staph infections. My children has been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu since February, and I want to make sure that I have a contingency in place should I need it if they catch a staph infection. Okay, so you're you're, you're off in the uh, tall weeds. You're not worried about what you ought to be worried about. (laughs) Your kid's going to get beat up pretty bad. You need to worry about bruises and sprains. (laughs) It has just begun. (laughs) Mm. Good for you, though. The... uh, Cure for bruises and sprains is the same as the cure for uh, staph. So staph, as we, as it's described, is basically a collagen deficiency, poor repair of the skin. Oh. And so all you need, and the same thing repairs the tendons. So you're in England. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So England has a lot of very nice dishes that involve ham hocks. So feed that kid your favorite uh, ham hock dish about twice a week. And that will protect him from not only staph, but the sprains and injuries he's going to get. <laughs> How is staph confused with a collagen deficiency? Staph is your good bacteria. Collagen deficiency gives you a thin skin so that, so that the staph shows up on the skin as a rash and an infection. Oh, come on. It can't be that simple. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not that bright. I don't know. So these things <laughs> pop out and all of a sudden they... They say you're the devil and we got to kill you? I mean... Right, that's it. <laughs> Isn't anything sick? Look up the microbiome of a healthy person. Oh, it's right. going to list about 143 bacteria and viruses. You will see staff on that list. I'll be done. So yep. that's a similar model that you said for herpes, right? Then, then Exactly. And look how many people probably lost their boyfriend or girlfriend over herpes over the years. I know, <laughs> You gave me herpes, dude. <laughs> no, he didn't. He bought you an alcoholic drink that night, which you drank, which damaged your connective tissue and caused you to get these blisters that didn't heal because your collagen was depleted oh, by the... Man. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. Hi, Patrick. Hope you guys are good. Thanks for having Dr. Daniels on. You're welcome. How many milligrams of omega-3s 
do you get when you soak a quarter cup of flax seeds for 16 hours? I'm sure you got that on your personal right now. You can just look up. <laughs> so a quarter cup is uh, two ounces, and it's about 50% omega-3, so that would be a uh, half an ounce or 15, oh, 15 grams. So, so two ounces is a quarter cup. Mm -hmm. One ounce is how much omega-3s, and one ounce is 30 grams. Mm-hmm. Do you do so and you can just soak it overnight. You can soak it overnight. There's not any additional gain by soaking it for 14 hours. So you can just soak it for overnight for eight hours. And then your body actually does additional extracting as it goes through the intestinal tract. And your seeds will come out whole. Don't worry about that. The omega-3 uh, left the seeds and you got it. Uh, from Upper Maryland, I've been using turpentine twice a week for the last couple of weeks and I had a positive effect on my digestive tract. How do I buy okay. your Vitality capsules? Oh, there you are, a little plug. You go to vitalitycycles.com. Let me, let me show you there, right there, vitalitycycles.com. Vitalitycycles.com. <gasps> here they are. Here they are. And this is the bottle looks like. Oh my God. I don't usually have this like I'm supposed to. Oh, so you have the, this is the regular and extra strength, right? Yeah. Mm hmm Okay. Also, well, and you're you're also promoting several other of your own personal fragrances. Yeah, yeah what else you got? Selenium. Yeah, go to the website and you'll, you'll see them. Oh, you got selenium? Oh, that's good, right? Selenium is good for semen and stuff, right? Semen? Here's a semen. It's good for a lot of things. Lot of it's things. really good for a lot of things. And they tell you that you can get them from um, Brazil nuts. They may, some of them may be in Brazil nuts, but it's not bioavailable. So. Oh, good. <laughs> that, well, there goes that one. Oops, yeah, there goes that one. Oops, there goes another rubber plant tree, right? Like the sun. Mm -hmm. My friend thinks he has an STD. His urine and yeah. semen smell bad. What do you mm -hmm. recommend that he do? He does not have an STD. He's got a shitty diet. <laughs> so what happens is your um, kidney breaks down, the, especially the proteins that you eat, and boy, do they stink. Mm. So, <laughs> wow. so your friend should at least increase his water intake. That would go a very long way. Um, I'm going to bet that your friend has a sedentary job where he cannot get up and go piss like uh, every hour if he wanted to. Or maybe he has a long commute or something like that. Maybe he has a Zoom job where he's in a Zoom chair and can't get up and go pee. Zoom chair. So he's got to rearrange his lifestyle so he can pee frequently. He's got to drink a lot more water, put a little pinch of salt in that water. And then he has to take a look at his diet and look at the proteins that he's eating and at least cut them back to 50%. So he's got to get rid of all of his processed foods because that's where most of the stench comes from. Um, if he wants to eat meat, fine. Buy what's called fresh meat. That means meat that's not smoked. Uh, meats is not smoked, fresh by the but uh, cut by the butcher or whatever, and you just cook it any way you want. You can uh, grill it, you can bake it, you can boil it, stew it, whatever. Mm. And if you'll stick to that and just cooking at home from scratch, then that smell will go away. Oh, good for you, Dr. Daniels. What what's the herb recipe for the meningitis foot bath? I heard you mention it on. What's Alien America with Dr. Rebecca Carley? Were you on that show? Yes, yeah, so I don't have the uh, recipe off the uh, top of my head, but 
it is in the Home Healers course at my website, VitalityCycles.com. And uh, that's really just uh, an amazing uh, foot bath that can save you a ten to $40,000 hospital hospitalization that's of absolutely no earthly use. So go to VitalityCycles.com and get the um, Home Healers course. It's actually on sale. Yeah. It's on sale. What, what you got on sale? Home Healers course on sale? Home Healers course. It was 2000 and now I believe it's $500. Really? That's yes. quite a sale, girl. Yeah, it is. com. Home Healers course yeah. on sale. No promo code needed? No. I love it. Is that a, like a huge kind of course? Tell us about it. Um, there's 10 um, modules that are the core of the course. And then I have about, I want to say 70 or 80 uh, question answer sessions where I answer people's questions on how they apply those mm -hmm. 10 units. Mm -hmm. And also in those extra recordings, I give more advanced training. Like, okay, we did the 10 units. Here's more herbs for this particular affliction. Here's, here's more modifications, more variations. And then all you have to do then is send your, send your doctor a Christmas card every year, and that's it, you know? Yeah, it's pretty inexpensive. <laughs> Don't show up. <laughs> Don't. That's what the course is. I never, ever need to see a doctor oh, again. Oh, oh. more hospital oh. visits. Oh, okay. Um, no name, so we'll just go with it. I'm 30 trying to recover yeah. from my topical steroid use, oral steroids oh. and immunotherapy for eczema. This has caused oh, alopecia, no. um, oh, constant colds, body shakes, low energy, insomnia, oh. itching, skin oh. shedding. What can Dr. D advise me to go moving forward? Wow. So is this person off all their drugs? We don't know. Well, no, no, really carefully. It looks like they said from the use of those drugs, maybe they're off Let's the drugs. See. To recover from my topical stuff. Yeah, maybe that means okay. the past. So let's just guess. They've stopped all this crap. Mm -hmm. So, uh, where's the eczema? Let's say, they, well, their skin is pretty crappy. Yeah. So, a, what I would recommend. Bad skin day, for sure. <laughs> no, they got a bad skin year. <laughs> so, this person, I'd recommend they eat pig ears. Uh -huh. uh, a lot of pig ears, like a barrel full wheelbarrowful. So that would be about a pound a day of pig ears. And don't even complicate it. Take your favorite chili recipe, pressure cook the pig ears in salt and pepper, chop it up, stir it in your chili and eat it. Or if there's another recipe that you like, make that recipe, chop the ears up and eat it. All right. So we've got the pig ears down. Uh, yeah, about, uh, yeah, at least a pound, I would say a pound a day, about four days a week. Wow. And you'll actually see It'll rebuild your skin. You can start getting skin like mine. No kidding. Wow. Pig ears, go figure. I wonder why that would work, the ears and the skin. I mean, have you ever made the connection why that happened? Yeah, the pig ears are covered with skin. It's mostly skin. It's just mostly skin. There's more skin on pig ears than there is on pig skin that they sell you. Oh. So, oh yeah, and it has cartilage too, so it's going to rebuild and support your skin structures uh, and your joints and everything. So now the other thing this person has is uh, they've totally devastated their uh, adrenal glands with all this steroid use. Yeah. So they need to eat a high cholesterol diet. They can eat the raw eggs we talked about at the beginning of the show, or they can eat liver, 
uh, three ounces a day will do you. I would just rec- recommend um, a liver day and a pig ear day. Mm. Now, liver and pig ears are extremely filling. So it's a, te- a, a temptation to skip your vegetables. Don't do it. Uh, maybe just have a salad every single day and try and have a cooked uh, vegetable. Something as simple as a cooked carrot will do. And if you're lazy or you don't you just don't have time, you can pressure cook four or five carrots and just eat one a day, uh, a cooked carrot, and then eat a salad and make sure you eat your uh, liver or pig ears every day. Yes. And that'll uh, turn it around for you. Done. Oh, skincare. Oh, skincare. So apply castor oil from the waist down for three days and then head to toe. And what that does is it forms a seal on your skin so your skin stays moist and it doesn't dry out. And um, it also helps protect and detoxify your skin. Keep it clear. It is June 26th. If you're watching on uh, our our format uh, BitChute, please subscribe to our channel. Click on the little show links and you can go to our store and buy some stuff stuff that's how we promote ourselves um i had a skin question and then i lost it when i gave the date i just want to point out this is 66 year old skin 66 year old skin (laughs) (laughs) i've been experiencing pins and needles pins Pins and needles says donna in my hands and my needles and my feet when i wake up the past couple of months fades after about an hour or so what could be? I'm I'm a, I'm a 50 year old woman. Good health, regular yoga practice. Hmm. 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 So yoga is not enough. Up your game to gymnastics. <laughs> Up your game. <laughs> the problem with yoga is you know you got your downward dog there, yep. and your hands and feet are just kind of sitting there. You need some more exercise for your uh, you know you more vigorous exercise to get the circulation all the way out to your fingertips, your feet. Then you need to check your fluid intake, up your game on that. So just take your, your weight in pounds, divided by two, and uh, yeah, that many ounces of water. Now your water, make sure you put a pinch of salt in it. I think that should do it for you. Um, but I did yoga for 30 years and got nowhere. And then I realized I had to up my game. So I upped my game to gymnastics, which really took care of all the little stuff that you're talking about. And then um, I had bigger issues like mobility. Um, and so I went on to Taekwondo, which strengthened my legs and developed agility. And I can now, you know, I could cross the street independently. I could uh, do a little bit of jumping. I could run. I could play a little bit of soccer with the kids. And then I upped my game to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is serious. Mm. I would not start with Jiu Jitsu. Sorry, Jiu Jitsu, you're going to quit very quickly because you'll get beat up very badly <laughs> by the other students, right? So if you go to jujitsu by way of gymnastics, which gives you the flexibility, taekwondo, which gives you the strength, then when another student tries to submit you or twist you into pain, they can't do it because you're so flexible. Your joints just relax and give. You don't have the pain. And then, of course, they're frustrated because they're so stiff they can't twist you any further. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh- if you're on hold, uh, we'll get to you in a second. I see you're on hold. Josephine is in the UK, another UKer. A little mm-hmm. complicated. Let's see if I can get through this here. 49, pain in so right. So first, find a question mark, find a question mark, read me the question mark, and then we'll get the details okay. so that I can then fit into whatever the but question is. Question mark, I have become more, let's see. Uh, oh, right abdomen, 
may be a fibroid or a cancer or ovarian cyst. So it's a lump in her right abdomen. Yeah, you got it. Okay, we got that. That's it. She noticed a long time ago that I haven't been to a doctor. Uh, I just don't trust them. Can you suggest how I might determine what this lump is about? Hmm. First of all, increase your bowel loose at least three times a day. Wow. And you can even take a quarter cup of castor oil with a teaspoon of turpentine, stir it up, drink it down, about once a week. And you may find that this lump just starts shrinking and going away. So... Uh, if you're not having any pain, she say she's having pain. Uh, pain, pain. First no, it doesn't, I don't see the word there. Uh, so this is a painless lump in her abdomen, and she's 50 years old. It oh, could be a, a fibroid. I'm sorry. May I may not be sure if that may be uh, the cause of the groin pain. So she's got groiny painy. Sorry. She's got groiny pain. That's kind of lets out the fibroid option. Hmm. Fibroids are generally quite painless. Okay. They're just annoying and they're there. Hmm. So uh, we're looking at maybe an intestinal, uh, you know, colon cancer thing or um, ovarian. Good news is modern therapy is useless, so you don't need to bother. <laughs> uh, better news is ivermectin has been shown to be effective against these things. So huh. there you go. There you go. Take your weight in pounds divided by 10. And- that's your milligrams of ivermectin that you take. I know this is going to really shock you. It's going to be hard for you to do, but you take it once a month. I know. Everyone wants to take it once a day. That's an overdose. Yep. Your yeah, weight divided by 10 in milligrams once a month for for what kind of things? Well, so let's shrink. Try to get rid of this lump. <laughs> no, no, I mean in general for other people. Do they? People don't want to take unless they have something to... Oh, I take it. I take that dose just every month as a pre- preventative against parasites of all types. Stuff, stuff. Yeah. So yeah. that's a very safe dose. It's very safe, but it's also effective. Then you want to go to vitalitycycles.com and get the Candida Cleaner Report, which is at no cost. Download that and follow those instructions and get started on turpentine. Now, for your problem, you would take half teaspoon of turpentine internally, according to the instructions in that free report. And you take another half teaspoon, apply it externally over where you feel the mass. Okie dokie, pokey. Uh, Dr. Jennifer Daniels, and uh, it's the 26th. Here is, um, uh, oh, I watch your wonderful shows on BitChute. My favorite is Dr. Jennifer Daniels. I was wondering if you could submit my question. She has a abscess. Oh, we already talked about abscess on her gum above a broken tooth went to the dentist, and they do have the tooth extracted. While I was there, they informed me that I have severe gum disease. The gums are infected around most of my teeth. Mm, what does she think about now, this? Now, what are we talking about? So, we, Okay, so we still have gum infection. Yes. We still have pain. Yes. This person is at risk for losing every tooth in their mouth. I'm sorry, say again? They're at risk for losing every tooth in their mouth and possibly getting um, expensive implants or dentures. That's risk. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. I'm curious. No, she- I'm telling you because I. Okay, so here we go. Here okay. is the aloe. Just cut a piece like this. There you go. And the aloe has that little mm-hmm. tail. And you just slide it in your mouth in that gutter between your cheek and your um, jaw. 
let's say she's got really bad teeth. It's the lower jaw and the upper jaw. You just cut that piece a little wider so it spans from the lower all the way to the upper. That's it. And put it in there and you can leave it there uh, all night long while you sleep. And it'll take the pain away and the infection and there you go. And it's very safe.